When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi and welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content via the 99.94 app on YouTube and of course via your podcast provider. As always, I'm your host Nikesh Raghani, BBC commentator and Sarah Waris of Wisdom, my co-host alongside me. And uh, unfortunately, Sarah, we, uh, we talk here after India have blown it once again in a knockout game at an ICC event. They got hammered, they got mauled, they got humiliated, they got embarrassed. Whatever adjective you want to use, they they were just well and truly outclassed by England today uh, with both bat and ball, weren't they? And uh, we kind of expected it really, didn't we, coming up against England? Yeah. Uh, just before that, James Nisham, after losing the 2019 World Cup final, had said, no, take up baking instead. I think that's what I should take up now because this... Uh, defeat after defeat in another knockout is just getting too much to handle now. I think this is the 11th defeat overall men's and women's combined since 2014, which is, yeah, it's not being an easy uh, Indian, it's not easy being an Indian cricket fan. And what was disheartening was, you know, the way of the defeat, like they didn't even offer a tiny bit of uh, hope or that they were in the game. Uh, there was this instance where I think the ball went up in the air. I don't remember the fielder. I don't remember the batter. I don't remember the fielder. I was just zoned out by the end of the match. Uh, and it was a dropped catch. Uh, while, while it was in the air, I was just like, it's it's not going to go India's way. And it didn't. Like It was a very easy catch. It was a dropped catch. And that just summed up uh, India's campaign overall. Yeah, disappointing. Yeah, I mean, look, I I kind of felt it was almost over at the toss, really. And not that the toss is crucial in games like this necessarily, but when you've got an India side who bats the way they do in the power play and an England side the way they do when they're chasing, particularly in the power play, it just felt, I mean, it it didn't matter if India won the toss or lost the toss. Rohit said he was going to bat first anyway. So, which we discussed on the previous podcast, it was the wrong decision. It proved to be so today. And if if someone like me can sort of suggest that, who, you know, a, a club former club cricketer, you know, I'd yeah, play to a decent standard in county age groups and all that. But, you know, this is like an international cricket captain. This is, you've got Rahul Dravid sitting there alongside him as, you know, one of the greatest cricket minds of all time, apparently. And they just keep deciding to bat first. And, you know, in big games like this, are they stupid or are they deluded or what is it? Because I knew that the way India bat, they're going to go along at their fives and sixes and over, usual stuff, maybe lose a wicket in the power play and then put pressure on that middle order and not really kick on until later on in the innings, which was the case because you lose 
the early wicket or two sometimes. Then there's a partnership that has to build and you've got Coley, you know, who takes his time to get started and all that. And then by the time you kick on, I mean, Surya didn't quite come off today. So you've got Hardik as well, who's not the quickest starter in the fashion that, uh, that Sky is as well. Um, so you've got that partnership, which then builds after those first three wickets fall. And you don't really start playing shots until 15 overs, 16 overs have gone. It's, mm. it's too late. India scored a par total. And once again, that that start, let's talk about the openers, the Indian openers. KL Rahul, five from five, 100 strike rate. Started with a four today, not a maiden. Started with a four. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a maiden, a four. And then didn't do anything for the rest of the innings. Uh, very short stay at the crease. So there's your early wicket, predictable. We all knew it was yeah. coming. You could call that from a mile away. And Rohit, well, look, Rohit's talked about intent and... We saw that only, as we keep mentioning, in the England series, where they beat England in England in both the ODIs and the T20s. There was intent and there was aggression and it didn't matter if they lost a couple of early wickets. They kept going hard. But don't forget, they had people like Deepak Kudda in that side at the top of the order and, and, you know, it was slightly different makeup, different conditions as well, different situation being in a bilateral series. Since then, they've done bugger all of that. In the Asia Cup, nothing no intent. Well, I don't. I don't know. Maybe today Roy did have intent. He was trying to play shots. He just looked shit. Really, mm-hmm. he just looked rubbish. He couldn't hit the ball. So maybe it's just a case of okay, I might have the intent, but am I good enough to be in this side and and captain this side and be their leader with twenty seven from twenty eight? That that's pathetic, really. And okay, it can happen on any given day to any batter, but it's been happening time mm-hmm. and time again with both Rohit and Kale Rahul at the top of the order, they're stuck in like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s ODI cricket sometimes, the way they play, just let's see the shine off the new ball and then it will stop swinging and then we can sort of yeah. accumulate and then hit out at the end. It's, it's a very, very outdated method of batting and it was just so predictable, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know how you felt watching that, firstly, that short opening partnership, but then Rohit just scratching around for those 28 deliveries. He played some, you know, four beautiful shots in that, which were his boundaries. But apart from that, just terrible and so predictable. Yeah, and uh, he spoke about intent, but I think intent in bilaterals is very different to intent in world tournaments or not even world tournaments, even multinational tournaments. The Asia Cup wasn't a world tournament. Um, Having intent against uh, England in a bilateral series where the maximum, yeah, you can lose the series, but there's not a larger thing at stake there is very different to having intent in world or in bigger tournaments and which we saw in this um, in the Asia Cup also and we saw now uh, even in between that there was uh, they played against South Africa and they played against Australia it was at home uh, but they batted with more intent in uh, in those tournaments so it's you know somehow just comes down to world events how they uh, see these events and something is going wrong for them are they unable to handle the pressure but then you know they have been playing IPL for years and uh, they have been in that situation time and time again obviously comparing IPL with world event is not fair Uh, but 
what else needs to be done and um, yeah especially rohit sharma had a strike rate of not even 100 he had a strike rate of 96 they struggled his partnership with kohli we know kohli is not the best against uh, spinners and then adil rashid bowled brilliantly in the power plays um so yeah it was just bowling to rohit and kohli both of whom who struggle against spin it was just game over for them in my last uh, podcast i had said that the power play will define where the match goes and that's how it happens uh, but one more thing with Rohit Sharma it's not just his batting which which is under scanner it's his captaincy as well i don't know what you make of the move to go back to the rishabh pant when you know they were uh, backing dinesh kartik and such an unfortunate end for dinesh kartik you know just to have that hope and then to get, have someone snatch it away he was unlucky that dismissal both times i think his dismissal against pakistan he was unfortunate even against bangladesh there was a very controversial decision could have gone either way uh, so i don't know what you made of his captaincy as well overall yeah you you've got to have a plan coming into a tournament like this about your best side you should know basically what your best side is and maybe have room for maneuver in one or two of those positions based on either conditions or opposition that you're facing the rishabh pant dk situation has not been based on any of that it's basically they've shat themselves and thought oh dk is not getting any runs quick let's get rishabh mm-hmm. in and he's a left-hander so that's a bonus as well you you've been grooming dk for a year to be your t20i finisher either they got that wrong in the first place or they just fucked up when it got to the tournament because you just can't go into tournaments like this it's like it's trying to put band-aids or plasters you know on a wound just to temporarily cover your flaws basically it's not these are not solutions that are going to win you tournaments you know what i mean they're they're temporary solutions knee jerk reactions and they they don't really have any plans in place any solid plans of how this side should look what brand of cricket they should play what are, who's their best personnel you know they've not even picked i don't think their best squad that was available yeah. to them okay we talk about bumrah missing jadeja missing jadeja is a big blow i think as well as bumrah bumrah obviously you know the best in the world best fast bowler across formats in the world jadeja you know hasn't got the best t20 stats but he lifts the side he's got all that energy you know he's good for the balance of the side as well just batting in that lower order and just gives you that extra all-round option down there and the fielding of course and just the energy that he brings to a side i think lifts the side just having him in the squad even if he's not playing just uh, i think he's a good man to have around with his experience and and his energy um but you, you look through it and what has changed since the last world cup mm. you know rishabh pant if he, if you think he's going to be a t20i cricketer and he's going to be part of your t20i plans going forward you need to give him a good run going into a world cup you can't just bring him in for for crucial games towards the end and expect him to perform in a role that he doesn't perform that well anyway as a finisher you know he's got about at the top of the order if he's going to play certainly in the top 4 he's not going to bat mm. three or four because those positions are nailed down and you know those those have been in the only two really Kohli and Sky who've been consistent with the bat throughout the tournament so you can't move them 
So he's got to open. And you've got to pull out Kale Rahul, probably, because Royce wouldn't have dropped himself in the tournament. And that would have been the ideal slot to put him in and have DK still there as your finisher, because that's what you've been planning for. Jahel wasn't playing. No wrist spinner on this pitch. Yeah. You know, he saw what England did. Livingston coming in with his leggies and Rashid bowled so well as well. So they needed a wrist spinner in conditions like this. It's just some of it is basic stuff. Like we've been talking about it all throughout the build-up. Every Tom, Dick and Harry journalist or fan sees that, okay, Yuzi would be useful on this pitch or mm-hmm. Richard Bunch should be opening. Kale Rahul isn't the answer. He, he needs to be dropped from this side, from, from T20Is basically, and either go back and start you know working on those aspects of his game or just concentrate on ODIs and test matches, uh, which is probably his strength. They don't think like that, do they? They, I, I don't know what it is. They, they obviously block out external noise, which is good in a way. But are their brains not functioning properly? Well, you know, what is it? It's just so frustrating. You just want to pick up the phone almost to Rahul Dravid and Roy Sharma and say, "Have you not spotted that Kale Rahul shit at T20s at the top yeah. of the order?" Or not shit? I shouldn't say that, but. He's he's not a modern day, you know. He'd do well against you know, Afghanistan's and you know all these sides, mm. which he always does, Netherlands and whatever. But he's he's not a big time player in T Twenty internationals. You compare him to any other opener of any of the top sides in this competition. He's not getting a sniff at getting in any of those sides ahead of any of those players. You look at Australia, England, you're having a laugh. Even Barbara and Rizwan have got more intent than Kale Rahul yeah. in big matches, haven't they? And they do tend to turn up in big matches, even if the strike mm. rate's not quite there. So, you know, individually, they're not doing a bad job. It's just that if they're both playing anchor, then that doesn't work sometimes. But, you know, he's just not getting in any other team in the world. So what gives him a right to to be in this side time and time again. It's just, yeah, the, the captaincy of Rohit is is largely to blame for that. Rahul Dravid is the coach, his right-hand man, and the selection committee as well. Yeah. It needs, I think it needs a, a massive overhaul, don't you? Yeah. Uh, just one more bit on Dinesh Karthik. We knew coming into the tournament that the role that was assigned for him was the high-risk, high-reward kind of a player. And that was his role. On days he when he... Uh, could get a big knock he could strike at 200 250 even and on days he didn't get going he didn't get going at least he didn't consume deliveries but Rohit Sharma knew that and he assigned that role specifically for him you know I think that was the first time India had a, a specialist finisher so to say and yeah as you rightly said you know just a knee-jerk reaction a panic Panic change, kind of, that, okay, DK is not firing. Whatever happens at the top of the order, this one player is probably going to change everything. Uh, right, rightly said, the Pant is not a finisher. Whatever skills he has, you know, he had to play in the top, but then there's no place for him at the top because that would mean pushing Hardik Pandey even further down. And Hardik Pandey, you know, is kind of like Dhoni. He ta- uh, likes to take the game deep and then uh, go after the bowling. So... Yeah, it's just a huge mess. Um, Coming to KL Rahul, he was very tentative. Like the ball that got him out, he was tentative. He wasn't looking to really cut it, but it wasn't a proper jab as well. So, you know, and somehow it just seems to lack that temperament in big match situations. Coming to Rohit Rahul, I I somehow... 
it's not going to change till the entireness the structure and the uh, structure changes basically the approach to t20s changes we did a full podcast on this earlier you know why are you keeping short why are you keeping sanjay the likes of sanjay samson out uh, rohit sharma last year i think or this year had said that sanjay samson could prove to be a, a very effective in australia rohit sharma the skipper said that and then he didn't take him to uh, australia so is indian cricket living off on legacies is indian cricket living off on the superstar culture that needs to be seen also one very interesting point probably i could be way wrong and you can correct me for that but probably you know do you think that bcci is just throwing these big match players there so you know for financial returns i know i could be way wrong that you know when virat kohli missed the border gavaskar series in 2020 he came back for the of oh, because his wife was having a kid uh, there were reports that you know cricket australia and the broadcasters would lose huge sums of money just because um, virat kohli was not going to play the entire series so do you think you know that's an angle that maybe they are afraid to from both sides show? though sara yeah. from both sides because an indian cricketer's value goes down if mm. the indian cricketer is only playing one format or two formats of cricket for the country Yeah. Look at Pujara, right? His his commercial value is nowhere near as high as some of the other guys who have been in the Indian setup for for a similar amount of time. So you look at somebody like a Virat Kohli who plays all three formats. Obviously Kohli's, you know, arguably the greatest of all time, so it's a bad example, but you know, there even a KL Rahul for example, yeah. his commercial value is a lot higher than Pujara. even though he's not fit enough to lace pujara's boots at this stage of his career even in test cricket because pujara has proven all around the world how great a player that he has been for for a number of years but you know kl rahul's commercial value is so much higher he's a bigger superstar just because he plays all three formats you know that obviously means he plays in the ipl as well uh, regularly and and he's a captain of a franchise there and you know he's a young good looking guy with a beard and you know he's got all the right look of of a modern day international indian cricketer with the tattoos and all that stuff it's all bollocks really when you look at it because if you can't bat then what what's the point you know in all that so i think it's it's from both sides that players you know these big superstars it's difficult for them to give up a format even if they think they're not good enough to be there and from the bcci's point of view oh it's great to have these guys as the poster boys of of the indian team going to a world cup because they're all superstars and and so i think that there is something there uh, obviously by not winning that's not doing your commercial value any good either if you were holding a world cup then you might get even more commercial deals so interesting but look we'll carry on the discussion we'll we'll look at maybe a couple of positives uh, from the game if there are any after this short break you're listening to cricket's conversation on 99.94 whatever your team we have the show for you on podcast youtube or on the 99.94 app we have india england south africa west indies and now sri lanka covered If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 
99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. So the one big main positive from that semi-final defeat, Hardik Bandia and his innings. Of course, you know, Virat Kohli with another 50 at the Adelaide Oval. Love Affair continues with the ground and he got to his 50 off 39 balls, which is basically what Kohli does. So, you know, you can't accuse him of going into his shell or anything. He usually does that and then he kicks on. If he stays in uh, any anything beyond sort of 40 deliveries, he, he sort of kicks on with his strike rate. So that's a, basically a, a normal Kohli inning. So that's absolutely fine. He's been doing that even in this tournament as well. And it's proved to be successful for him and he's done his job, I feel, in this side. Sky didn't quite come off. And then Hardik to come in 63 from 33, striking at, you know, over 190. Could have been more as well if it wasn't for... I mean, some of those shots were just brilliant as well. And mm. access, I think the the brain that, that, you know, he showed, the the awareness. I mean, it doesn't take rocket science to figure out the square boundaries are short, mm. the long boundaries... Uh, sorry, the, the straight boundaries are long. So let's try and hit square. And even full deliveries, Yorker length deliveries, he was moving around in his crease well. He was sort of slicing and flicking and um, even, you know, pulling the short ball as well. You know, usually he, he likes to play within his sort of arc around that long on area, but he was going a little bit squarer this time on purpose just because he wanted to access those shorter boundaries. So real good game awareness from him and, and slightly disappointing at the end there where he trod on his stumps. So it was a brilliant shot to get it away for four yeah. um, on the leg side, but he just, he was so far back in his crease that he trod on his stumps. So he could have had four more as well. What what a brilliant innings. And, and to get India to 168, which is a bang on mm. par score at that ground, was a great effort from where they were. I mean, you know, 80, was it 83 or 86 off 13, something like that. And then to just last seven overs, um, just, just take it to another level and more than double that score. Um, brilliant effort from him. But even then it felt a bit light, right? Little yeah. quick word on you from his innings and, and then how how India would have felt at the halfway stage. Um yeah, um at one stage Hardik Pandya was twenty five and twenty three balls if uh, yeah, so he didn't get off to the greatest start. And then to go on and then score sixty three and thirty three is magnificent. We've seen it in the IPL. With him, um as I said earlier, he's all he is the real you can say three D player because he can play the role of an anchor. He did that for Gujarat Titans in this IPL. Um he didn't have the best strike rate, but you know, he played the knocks and he didn't, uh, what was impressive in the IPL was he didn't uh, overstay his uh, presence on the crease. Like he knew that there are players like uh, Tevatia and uh, um, even Rashid Khan had a Miller. So they were there lower down the order and he just like, he knew when to get out and, you know, just play the role of an anchor and uh, leave it for the other players and we saw today that he has the other side also. He can uh, start off slow and then go after the bowling like probably only Surya Kumar can. So, yeah, impressive knock. Uh, in that hit wicket, I, I tweeted something like, will that come to affect India? You know, what if they <laughs> lose by like two runs? Yeah, whatever. England will need, yeah. it, it yeah. will affect them. England will need one more ball yeah. to get the runs, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it didn't matter even if they had scored 
200 i don't think it would have mattered even more so yeah, yeah but you just... say that you say that right but 200 or even 180 yeah. plus the mindset of the opposition is different then isn't it yeah they'll still be they'll still try and play attacking cricket in that first six but there's more pressure there was yeah. literally no but i mean 168 you just saw the swag that the england batters had they knew that this is piece of piss really it's gonna they're just gonna walk this if they get off to anywhere near half decent start even if they don't even if they lose two wickets in the power play you look down that batting lineup I mean they brought in Chris Jordan today and they bat all the way right down I mean you know it's it's unbelievable the likes of Curran and Jordan coming in so late in the order and they're all capable hitters and and it it was never even going to get to that they just knew that this is going to be easy for them on this pitch. They'd been out there for 20 overs. They'd seen the way the pitch was playing. There was no demons in it at all. They just bowled well. They just bowled well, and India didn't bat well enough. And that was basically all it came down to. So 200 might have been, you know, on the face of it, you say the amount of time they had left, the fact they scored that 169 really easily. Yes, but it would have been different if they were chasing 200 because they would have had to maintain that 10 and over all the way through. And if it gets down to even the last couple of overs and you need 20 off the last two and you're still going at 10s, by the way, then funny things can happen and pressure can play a part and all that. So I think it would have made a massive difference getting close to 200 and would have put that psychological pressure onto them. But it just wasn't enough. And, you know, you look at this England side, the way, I mean, first of all, you know, hats off to Alex Hales and and uh, Joss Butler. Hales, of course, has been and played in the Big Bash uh, for seasons after seasons, and knows those conditions so well. Has been it's been a hard time for him. He's been out of the side for off the field reasons. Missed the 2019 World Cup because of that. As long as Owen Morgan was captain, he wasn't going to get another sniff. And then Morgan retires, he comes back in, and it's like a fairy tale, really, the way it's worked out for Alex Hales. But such a brilliant brutal player at the top Mm. of the order but this is an England side that is missing out of this current squad Milan um Mark Wood who I mean Milan has been consistent whatever people think about David Milan he's not uh, this sexy name and whatever he's been the number one t20 batter in the world consistently in that sort of top two three for for you know last couple of years really and he always performs and his strike rate is you know you can't complain about that he's a left-hander causes problems at the top of the order so he's missing so that you know they've got to get Phil Salt in who didn't need to bat but then Mark Wood with the ball as well they're missing that x factor you know 97 mile an hour bowler in Mark Wood so that that's a big miss for them Reese Topley Missed, you know, he's missed out completely because of injury as well. So he absolutely gutted for him. But what a fine bowler he is! Archer. And he, yeah, Archer, Archer's missing. Johnny Bairstow's missing. Hmm. Can you imagine? Can you imagine th- what their side would have looked like if they had? I mean, they, could they even fit them all in? Would they have the same problems as you know we think India have got, but India haven't really got because hmm. they haven't got the same quality of T Twenty players, but. It's almost like you you can't fit all these guys in. So you're missing all these world-class players and you're still hammering India by 10 wickets and making it look easy, like restricting them to, you know, I think it was a below, I mean, par was based on history and all that rubbish, which, you know, you've got to take that with a pinch of salt. Against this England team on this day, that was at least 20 runs below par. Yeah. At least. 
because yeah, that- you, you you don't stand a chance when you're getting that. And then to come out and win by 10 wickets, just just mm. brilliant. And that's why it was so shocking for Rohit Sharma to say that, you know, we would have batted first because you know that against this batting lineup, England have, a ve- like, they bat very deep and they are very good at chasing. Uh, you never know what target would have been enough. And which is, like, his decision was also, um, obviously, he lost the toss. But, you know, ju- just him saying that was also weird because India's strength has always been chasing. The, uh, we spoke about, you know, how the uh, India had a, uh, almost a win percentage of 50, 52, 53 when they were batting first from 2018 to 21 till the World Cup last year. Uh, so suddenly, I don't know, they think that, you know, this intent has come over them and they can score 250 runs up front or something. Uh, maybe they thought that. That's why he was like, we would have batted first. But realistically, that was always going to be a very, that was always a very weird thing to say, according to me. And uh, just one more thing, like I was just thinking that this year, uh, because of workload management and everything, the Indian players, they skipped a number of series, like they didn't play in Ireland, uh, most, and so they were skipping series, and this is what is going to happen with the ODI World Cup next year also. They won't put ODI, uh, T20s, bilaterals as their focus. The uh, main 11 is going to play the ODIs and, you know, skip the T20s. And then suddenly once the World Cup, ODI World Cup ends next year, then all the big stars will be probably probably be back in the T20I setup and have just four or five months to get into groove and then play the T20 World Cup in 24. So instead, isn't it better that, you know, they have a completely different T20I squad? I know you spoke about how the big players always want to play all three formats, but realistically speaking and going forward also, because it kind of just creates confusion. What this also causes is that there are different coaches like we saw VVS Lakshman um, heading, like coaching the team when the big stars was in there, when Rahul Ravid was in one of the big tours, and then Rahul Ravid is coming back. So this isn't this causing a lot of uh, chaos, and there's just no continuity in the team. I think it is. Yeah, I mean, there's it's trying to fit too much cricket in, and as the IPL expands as well, that's going to be. A major issue because the IPL, whether you like to admit it or not, everyone listening, you know, and I'm not having a dig, you know, a lot of people didn't like my comments about, I didn't even make a comment, actually, I just posted something about Bumrah's stats and the amount of appearances he's made in the IPL across the last few years and the amount of India T20 international appearances he's made in the last couple of years as well. And you know, he played like 59 out of 60 matches for the Mumbai Indians in, in a couple of years or three years, whatever it was, the stat I posted. And, you know, out of that, he's missed, you know, more than like mm-hmm. 60% of T20 internationals. So, and, you know, I'm not, that is part of workload management as well, but surely the international stuff should be a priority, right? Playing with that team, with that group of players who you hope to then achieve a world title with. So, yeah, there's there's lots of questions and, and look, we'll discuss a lot of this in future episodes as well about where they go from here and and what they do next. But we'll take a short break here and on the back of it, we'll maybe discuss um, some of the takeaways from this World Cup. If you love the language of cricket... 
and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So positives as far as India are concerned. Surakumar Yadav, massive tick. Virat Kohli, big tick. I think the bowling on the whole, the seam bowling has, has been very good. Obviously not against England. They Look, Roy Sharma came out and said he was disappointed the way they bowled early on. Um, and and almost sort of deflected the fact that their batting's been yeah. very sketchy, especially the him and Kale Rahul at the top of the order. The bowling wasn't great against England, so we have to sort of admit that he was right on that front. But it didn't cost them the game because they're they're probably already lost by then anyway by not scoring enough. Um, but Boovey's been good. Um, they've not had to use him too much in crucial death situations, so it's, it's kind of worked. Um, Shami's been good coming back into the side. I don't think he'll carry on playing T20Is though. Arshdeep's been a revelation. Hardik's bowled well in patches. Uksha's been crap. But, you know, it's not his fault really. It's those yeah. wickets in Australia. They just don't suit his type of bowling. And Ashwin's been Ashwin. He's been all right sometimes. He's not been so great. Others, not really his best format. Um, discuss. I think you said what's all to be said. Uh, (laughs) What about the negatives? Oh, negatives. We can go on and on and on. One more negative, just looking at the scorecard, Arshdeep Singh bowled two overs, went for 15 runs, was the most economical bowler. Uh, For India, went for uh, uh, two overs. He only bowled two overs. What were they saving him for? For the death overs? Uh, I don't know what were they saving <laughs> well, him for. As as it turns out, the you know the death overs weren't overs nineteen and twenty. They were fifteen and sixteen, weren't they? Yeah, bizarre. So, yeah. yeah, even yes. Bhuvi. Yeah, Bhuvi. You understood he was expensive, but Arshdeep. If you had any. I don't know, common sense or uh, Akshar bowled, This is yeah. Akshar Patel bowled three overs for 30. In, uh, sorry, four overs for 30. He bowled all four yeah. overs. And, you know, 30 runs, you, on the face of it, you say not bad, but he came back towards the end of that and England was then just knocking him around. But his first two overs were very expensive. Um, you know, Shami bowled three overs, 39 he went for as well. Can be hittable at times, you see. That that's the only issue with him in this format, but you know he was brought in as a late replacement, of course, for Bumrah. Um, everyone took a bit of tap, didn't they? Everyone got, you know, I mean, Akshar might go away happy that he only conceded seven and a half and over, um, the same as Ashdeep, but he didn't bowl well enough to merit those kind of figures, really. Um, but yeah, it's just just yeah. one of those things, really. But yeah, it's look, there are some positives. So uh, just before we, we sign but off on the positives, uh, yeah, those positives are not something which, you know, just sprung out in this tournament. We always yeah. knew Arshdeep uh, in the IPL, he's impressed and we knew what he could do. Yeah, in with no Bumrah around, he did step up and he was. But, you know, for impressed. him to do it yeah. on a world stage, I yeah. mean, doing it in the IPL is different, right? Yeah. Kale Rahul can turn it on in the IPL and. <laughs> 
you know, it's be at the top of the run scoring charts, but you know, it's it's mm. in these pressure, you know, handling that pressure, he's he's the go-to man now at the death with no Bumrah there. He's he all that pressure is on him. Even early with the new ball as well, there's no Bumrah with with the new ball either. So he has to come in, swing the ball, take early wickets. You know, in that Pakistan game, he got Barbara, he got Rizwan out, he got the two big wickets. You know, he He's been doing that consistently through this tournament and it's different. Even doing it in the Asia Cup is different. This is a world tournament. So for him to step up, I think that's a big, big tick next to his name um, for the future. Um, So look, just before we sign off, this is out out of the 11 that played today, because I'm not going to look at the whole squad. Out of the 11 that played today, going forward in, in a squad, not necessarily an 11, Virat, probably, maybe there's a question mark, probably. It, it depends. If you sort the top two yeah. out, get proper players at the top of the order who can play T20 cricket, then Kohli's position is secure. Kohli, Sky, Hardik, Rishabh in the squad at least. Hmm. And then you'd probably have Bhuvi and Ashdeep going yeah. forward. And that's it, really. Um, so that's quite a few changes you, you'd need to make to that side. And to the squad as a whole as well. Um, a lot of work needs doing. Already and, uh, Dinesh Karthik and Ashwin are, um, aren't picking the squad for New Zealand, I think. So I think it's probably curtains for their T20i career. Um, Dinesh yeah. Karthik wasn't really a big surprise. He's 37, considering he didn't get much chances. Yeah, well, Ashwin's, what, 36? Yeah, but Ashwin's, and, yeah, and Ashwin. I know he's a spinner, but it's not his best format either. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, look, he did a sterling job where he, he came in, he did what was asked of him, but better <laughs> planning would have maybe led to different spin options and all rounder options. So, again, if Jadeja was available, I don't think Ashwin gets to play either. Which, yeah. whether you think that's right or wrong, it, it just would have happened. So, because he, it's not as if he's spinning it around corners in Australian conditions, Ashwin, in in this format with the white ball. So it's just that extra batting depth he gives you and the experience and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Shehbaz Ahmed is one to watch out for in the future, I would say. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, let's let's save some of these names. We'll, we'll sign off now. And next episode, we'll discuss uh, what is next. Uh, thanks for joining us and see you next time. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Nikesh Rugani and at Swaris 16 Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day, your way. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.